All right, church, y'all ready for the word? Y'all ready to receive the word? That's it. If it's just Miss Tina, then I can go to lunch with her after church. Y'all ready to receive the word? Yes, it matters what we say, amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. It's always on time. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Uh, just being in all portions of scripture, everything is about your son. Father, thank you for changing lives here this morning. Father, thank you for opening up eyes. Thank you for setting people free, breaking chains here this morning. Father, they would walk out of here different than when they walked in, having met up with Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith. Father, we receive it in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. Mountain of grace, mountain of grace, not just a foothill, but a mountain of grace. So, to see, bro. All right, let's go right to the word. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 18. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burn with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the, that the word should not be spoken to them anymore for they could not endure what was commanded and if so much as a beast touches the mountain it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow so terrifying was the sight that moses said i am exceedingly afraid and trembling now moses was a uh, there was no one more meek than moses moses was about as close to God as you can get from all the Israelites. Would you agree? Yeah, and even Moses was afraid. And they're on this mountain. Now look at Hebrews. It says, for you have not come to that mountain. Aren't you glad that you did not go to that mountain? What mountain are we talking about? It'd be, yeah, it'd be very helpful to know what mountain he's talking about. And you're going to see that in Scripture. So if we go uh, back to Exodus 19. I don't know if you guys know this, but Exodus 19 comes before Exodus 20. Amen? <laughs> Good. So, so Exodus 20 is where God gave the Big Ten. God just gave it to them. And here's why God gave it to them. Now, they, they didn't have to... Now, if you think about it, in their transition from when they left Egypt and they're coming to the Promised Land, man, nobody got sick, nobody died. Even though they complained, God always provided. Would you agree? It's in Scripture, right? So, so when they were thirsty, they're like, Moses, you brought us out here. We're going to die. What does God do? He causes water to come out of a rock. When they're hungry, you brought us out here to die. What does God do? He rains down judgment. No, what did he rain down? Manna, bread. It's like, yes, like, ain't like, like, uh, like, like uh, cake, it says. The Bible says it tastes like cake. I mean, that's my kind of bread. You're going to rain down something. I, I don't do the rye stuff. Right? My like, God, get me a little Debbie oatmeal cream pie. Amen? That's what it was. So God didn't rain down judgment when they were complaining. Complaining is a sin, by the way. It's a lack of faith in God. So anything that is not of faith is a sin, right? So, so they're complaining and, and all that, and God just blesses them. But then we get to Exodus 19. God is still blessing them, but then the people say this, right? The, the, we're going to pick it up in verse 9. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you. Oh, it's actually before that. Dang, it's in verse 8. 
And so it's in verse 8. The people said to Moses, hey, you tell God everything that he says we should do and, we, and, and that we're supposed to do, we are well able to do it. Right? So God's like, really? Really? You're well able to do it. That is a prideful statement to tell God that you can do everything he says. And so immediately, right after that, God's tone changes. Right? That's what pride does. So these guys are like prideful, saying we can do it. So God's tone changes immediately here. He says, and the Lord said to Moses, behold, I come to you in a thick cloud. This sound familiar? I come to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. So Moses told the words to the people, go to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today, tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. Oh, maybe we will get it. Oh, wait. And, and, and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is where the law was given. The Lord's going to come down there. In the sight of all the people, you shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Anybody ever been to a mountain? You want to make sure you know where the base is if God's saying this, right? Because it's like a little foothill action. You're like, is this a base? I don't want to die, right? <laughs> That's how I read the Bible. I'm like, how did they know what the base was? Because the base could go for three states, right? So they didn't have states. But y'all knew that, right? Just like you knew at 19 before 20. All right. Uh, you shall set bounds all around. Don't go up. Don't touch the base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. That sound familiar? We just read that, all right? Uh, not a hand shall touch, uh, touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow. Whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the, that's, when the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people, and they will wash their clothes. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there was thundering and lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain and the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp trembled right and, and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain and in the last verse now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly that was a scary scene but i want you to know the context god was given the law he's like you people think you can do what i ask all this time i've been doing it for you and you still think you can do what i ask well here's the big 10 good luck right and then and then and moses goes up to mount sinai god gives him the big 10 but the whole mountain the whole time god came down this is what hebrews is talking about in hebrews chapter 12 and the bible says what does it say in hebrews 12 we have not come to this mountain we're, we're not on that mountain that mountain was never meant for us amen Did, were, were you part of that group exiting egypt no none of you guys were there that was not meant for you, okay? So look, go back to Hebrews 12. Pick it up in verse 21. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I'm exceedingly afraid and trembling, right? He was. He was scared just like everybody else. But, it, but look at this, verse 22. Remember, we didn't come to that mountain. But you have come to Mount 
Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, uh, to the innumerable company of angels. What does innumerable be mean? Right. It's, can you count all the love bugs? No. <laughs> that, so don't picture love bugs like angels, right, flying around everywhere. But you can't count them. You can't count them. And what, what mountain is the living God on right now? What mountain are the angels on right now? Yeah, they're not on Mount, uh, Mount Sinai anymore. Some people are still on Mount Sinai. They don't even know God moved. They're on Mount Sinai trying to be perfect. And God's like, hey, we're over here on this mountain. Right? So you got, you got God. You got the, the, the heavenly Jerusalem. You got the innumerable company of angels are on this mountain. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Right? All those old saints are on that mountain. To God, the judge of all. To the spirits of just men made perfect. Who's that? Just men made perfect. That's us. That's us. Now, are we just in what we do? Nope, we're not. But look what it says right before that. God, the judge of all. Don't be afraid of God's judgment. If you are in Christ, you've already been judged. You know how you've been judged? A just man made perfect. That's who you are. Now, your actions aren't perfect, but it's not talking about your actions. It's talking about your standing before a holy God on Mount Zion that you are just made perfect. Your justification comes from Jesus. Your perfection comes from Jesus. The Bible says, as he is, so are we right here in this world. It doesn't say the next world. You are just like Jesus in this world as far as God sees you. He sees you covered by the blood. And he's judge of all, church. Amen? Just men made perfect. You know who else? Listen, if Jesus ain't in heaven, I don't want to go to heaven. Do you? I want to go where Jesus is. Look who else is on this mountain. <laughs> to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. New covenant. That's what that Mount Sinai is an old covenant. Mount Zion is a new covenant. Your Old Testament, the word testament, is actually covenant. Old covenant. Your New Testament is new covenant. It's who we are. It's where we are. Hey, location matters. Amen? They say that in real estate. Location, location, location. Where are you located? What mountain are you on? You got to know. The Bible said we have not come to that mountain, Mount Sinai. Bible says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. Do you believe? Christ is the end of the law. Well, we still got to keep the law. Get your foot off that mountain. Because the law will lead to death. That's what it was designed to do. You know why? Because you can't keep it. You can't. But you know what? He provided the only person that can keep it. And once he conquered that mountain, they moved to a new mountain. little temptation move for you right there. Some of y'all don't know about that. Bob, you know about temptation? Okay, I'll just check. <laughs> oh, so he's a mediator. He's a mediator of the new covenant. It doesn't say he's a mediator of the old covenant. Jesus will never mediate to, from the old covenant. He's a mediator from the new covenant. 
Amen? So new covenant. Uh, and, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things, better things than that of Abel. The blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel. Now, who is Abel? Cain and Abel, right? They, uh, they had a little tiff back in the day. Let me show you real quick. Genesis 4, uh, verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Now, what's wrong with that picture? What do we find out in chapter 3? What happened to the ground in chapter 3? God cursed it. So Cain, Cain thought it would be a great idea to bring an offering of the curse of God to God. Right? In other words, Cain brought the, the labor of his own hands to God. Cain tried to get to God and please God by his works. Amen? Tried to bring him his own, his own, his own, uh, the, 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 the fruit of his own hand, right? But Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of the fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Uh, so let me ask you this. Why did God respect and receive Abel's? Because Abel was good? Nope. Why did God uh, not respect Cain? Because Cain was bad? Nope. It's all about how they approach God. One brought the, the, the works of his hands. The other brought blood, a blood sacrifice. Amen? Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So it wasn't that Cain was bad and Abel was good. It was how they approached God. They're both bad because they're fallen of what their parents did but the way they approach god you can be accepted if you bring a blood sacrifice for us today when we go to god and we're messed up on the inside we're messed up on the outside right we go to god and we say we bring jesus we say jesus is my perfection jesus is my holiness jesus is my justification we're bringing blood but if you go and say god look what i did or you gonna say god i'm well able i can keep all the ten commandments I've never, ever murdered anybody. Amen? You can go through all, I, I, I served all the time. I even kept nursery one time. Right? And you're saying all this stuff. And God's like, look, man, you don't get it. You don't get it. That's why Jesus said, hey, he's going to say one day, depart from me. Why? Because he never knew you. You never had a relationship. You were just checking religious boxes. Like Cain. Cain, Cain thought God wanted a salad bar. He didn't get it, right? And Cain was very angry. You see what that does? Don't, don't you know people that, that, that boast about what they do? They get mad when there's a grace person around. Like, look at him. He's just free. He can do what he wants to. They get all mad. They start spitting, right? And I've been there. I've been there. I'm like, bro, if you're going to yell at me, let me know to bring a rain jacket. Right? But they get mad, man. That's what the law does to people. They want to hold you accountable for it, but they ain't going to hold themselves accountable for it. And when they get up here and start preaching about something like, like uh, porn or something, it's usually because they're struggling with it, and they're going to hit all y'all in the head with it. Amen? So let me just tell you something. The, the uh, law, people under law, always get angry. That's why the Pharisees were so angry at Jesus and at Paul. And his disciples, amen? 
hadn't changed. All right, so the Lord said to Cain, I love this part, uh, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? He's like, bro, look at your face. Turn your frown upside down. Right? You think God talks smack back in the book? That'd be awesome. Wouldn't it be awesome to hear God talk smack? <laughs> you think God knew why he was angry? Yeah, right? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Do well, what does that mean? Cain wasn't doing well. Abel didn't do well. Again, it, it literally is saying in the context, if you approach me rightly, you will be accepted. Because it's about how they approached them. One brought a blood... Uh, brought a blood sacrifice the other brought the works of his hands right and if you do not do well sin lies at the door and its desire is for you but you should rule over it now that sin lies at the doors we've done that before right sin crouching at your door that if you read the original hebrew it means a sin sacrifice is lying at your door okay not sin but a sin sacrifice so a sin sacrifice go and look at the word uh Sin lies at the door in your, in your uh, commentary, in your Bible, and it'll tell you, sin sacrifice. God literally provided a sin sacrifice. And he's like, Cain, it's outside your door. Just go take it. Just go take it. Even though you failed me, I'm giving you another chance, right? And, and he didn't. So uh, now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where's, where's Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Keeper. How can someone talk to God that way, right? And there's no fear of being struck down, man. There's no reverence for God. And he's talking to God that way. It's unbelievable. All right, and he said, what have you done? The voice, voice, say voice. The voice of your brother's blood, say blood, cries out to me from the ground. Now, Abel's no longer around, right? But his blood has a voice, and it's speaking to God. So the law first mentioned, this is the first time in Scripture blood is mentioned, right? So there's some significance there. The first time you see blood mentioned in the Bible, it has a what? A voice, and it's crying out. It's crying out to God, and only God can hear this voice. The blood is crying out to God. What do you think his blood is saying? Revenge me. Avenge me. Just give me justice for what was done to me. That's what the old covenant blood does. The old covenant blood is he's saying, hey, this blood right here had a voice. God, avenge me. Amen. So go back to Hebrews 12, 24. And let me just tell you this. What did Jesus' blood do for us? When Jesus was put on the whipping post and he was, he was taking the stripes for us, his blood was being shed. He got crown of thorns prone blood was coming out of his forehead right all the blood that jesus shed all the way to the cross carrying his own cross to the cross right and, and he's got blood just a trail of blood you i want you to know that jesus's blood had a voice and in hebrew it says it speaks better things what does it speak better things of in other words abel's blood spoke revenge me avenge me give me justice and what does jesus's blood say if it's speaking better things he's saying hey you're forgiven you're healed you're justified you're justified by my blood that's a better thing amen Woo! gee hey 
Jesus. Just let you know I can preach. Amen. You just get so excited, man. You can't say anything but Jesus. Amen. That's the better things. His blood speaks better things. His blood speaks forgiveness. We got to know that. We got to know that his blood. But you can only know that if you're on Mount Zion, church. If you're under law and you're trying to be accepted by God, you will never, ever, ever in your mind hear that good news. Because you're on the wrong mountain. Amen? You need to get yourself on the right mountain. I know a realtor. <laughs> Look at this. The word for speaketh. That, now, words matter, amen? It's a present active participle. That means the blood of Jesus is still speaking today. He's still speaking today. His blood still speaks to us today. His blood still runs over us today. That's how powerful it was what he did on the cross. And it speaks better things still today. You are forgiven. You are justified. You are healed. You are redeemed. I love you. Isn't that beautiful? Go back to Hebrews uh, verse 25. Now this is the next verse. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Who's speaking? The blood of Jesus. In other words, don't refuse what his blood is saying. Don't refuse the finished work of Jesus. Don't refuse that you've been justified. Don't refuse that you've been made righteous. Don't let people get in your mind, even yourself get in your mind, and say, hey, I don't deserve it. Because you don't. That's why it's called grace. It's a, it's a free gift that you can't earn. So he's saying, do not refuse that. Don't refuse the blood that speaks. It doesn't say don't refuse what Jesus speaks. In the context, it's talking about his blood. His blood is the finished work. Amen? For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Hey, when it comes to law, God speaks from earth. You remember Exodus 19? When it comes about grace, God speaks from heaven. God speaks from heaven. Even when he saw Jesus being baptized, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Was God on earth? He was speaking from heaven. I heard a voice from heaven. Amen? God speaks from heaven when he talks about grace. So, so this is what we got to understand. If you refused back in the day, Old Covenant, Mount, si Mount uh, Sinai, it was a bad deal for you. But much more is it going to be a bad deal if you refuse Jesus' blood that was shed for you. Can you see it? So he's saying, hey, man, see that you don't refuse to do that. Uh, next verse. Oh, we must believe what our father says we have. So when it says, see that you do not ref re refuse him who speaks, it's talking about the blood of Jesus, right? So I put this little note here. We must believe uh, what our father says that we have. That's what he's saying. Don't refuse it. Receive it. You need it because the enemy will attack you. Amen. The enemy. Sometimes you don't even need the enemy to attack. You can attack yourselves. Wouldn't you agree? So here's a couple of verses that we need to know. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. When you feel condemned, you say that. You say it. That's your weapon of warfare. You say, hey, wait a minute. There's no condemnation for me because of what Christ did for me. Amen? The enemy will get in there and condemn you. He'll allow you to condemn yourself because he wants you focusing on your failures. And when you focus on your failures where you mess up and you stay there, 
There's no victory there. You dwell right there. Man, you got to say, wait a minute, there's no condemnation for me. And then you rise up, you get up, and you keep moving. Amen? Uh, Romans 3.21. But, but now, that, that, that's a big but. But now, say now. Now, like right now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. That's a picture of uh, Moses and Elijah on, mount, on the mountain, right? Uh, on, the, on the mountain of transfiguration. You got the law and the prophets are witnessing who? Jesus. Because there was three people up there. Jesus, right? Um, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His By his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, all right, whom God sent forth as a payment by his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness. It's not about your righteousness. It's his righteousness, right? Um, uh, because of his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Do you have faith in Jesus? then look what it says about you. You got to know this. God is the justifier of you. And if God justifies you, who else can unjustify you? No one. So you got to know that, church. And that, that you've already been justified um, of the one who is Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what, by, by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. It's now about uh, a law of faith, not a law that written on stones. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. In other words, you cannot be justified by what you do. You can't be justified by, by trying to keep the law. You can only be justified by the one who justified you. Already. You're not trying to be justified, church. You are justified. Don't let somebody tell you that when you get to heaven, you're going to have to stand there and, 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 and it's going to be a courtroom and you're going to, and the Satan's going to be the prosecutor and Jesus is going to be right there beside you and, and there's a chance you might not make it. That's a lie from hell. You've already been justified. When you get to that courtroom, you, go, you don't even go to the courtroom. Jesus is like, I got him. I got him. I died for him. That's all God sees is, is you covered by the blood of Jesus. You're going to have to answer for your sins one day. No, your sins were paid for at the cross. If you have to answer for him again, then what that is saying is what Jesus did was not enough for you. And that is a lie from hell. See that you do not refuse his blood. Woo! For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let me tell you something. When someone says, hey, you got to be more righteous, you're not righteous. You are righteous in him. In him, you're already righteous. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's all you need to know. Amen? I am. You need to keep saying it. I am. I am. Right? Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely, freely, freely give us how many things, church? All things. And some of you are like, well, he's not talking about, you know, material stuff. You can think what you want to think. But I'm telling you that everything you will ever need has been freely given to you. You, you have to exercise your faith. That's all we have to do. We walk by faith. 
It's the law of faith. In other words, hey, Jesus, I'm, I'm looking at my, my, my financial lack right now, but I, want, I, I know, I know that you will cause me to prosper. I know that, that you will give me all things. And you start speaking like that, and you start to see it manifest. Or you can live in doubt. Maybe I don't deserve it. Maybe it's not for me. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. The Bible says that, amen? When you start looking in the natural, you, you, you start questioning God's word. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. All right, let's close it up. Last three verses. All right, whose, vo- whose voice then shook the earth, but now he had promised, saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. God is doing some shaking. Once again, he's doing some shaking. He's shaking what? Not just earth. You remember when he was given the Ten Commandments? It says the mountain shook. It quaked and it brought fear. God's doing it again. But this time he's got a different purpose. Because Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, is there. He's got a different purpose. You know what that purpose is? It says, yet once more I shake not only the earth but also heaven. This heaven is not the third heaven where God lives. This heaven is the, the, the realm where the spirits live, right? And so God is shaking them. In other words, he's shaking everything that is not made by him. Everything that's man-made is being shaken. Amen? And some people get afraid of that. But I'm here to tell you, when God causes a shaking in your life, it's for your good. He's shaking out everything that's, that's man-made. He's getting rid of everything that you had, that you brought it to the table. He's saying, hey, just like he told the children of Israel, you, you, everything you need, I am. Right? But everything that we bring to the table, we think God needs our help. Just me? And God's like, man, listen, all you got to do is speak what I told you. You don't need that. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to do it. We just saw that. And he also says it in Scripture that, man, I wish above all things, say all things, that you what? Prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Don't make apologies for that stuff. We don't know what that is. It's not for us to know. But we do know that we need to speak by faith and speak what the Bible says. Amen? And so he's shaking everything. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. Look. As of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. In other words, whenever you're being shook and you feel like God's doing something, it's for your good. He's doing it so that only the stuff that he wants in there will remain. Sometimes we need a good shaking, don't we? But it's going to be for our good. It's always for our good. Last two verses. Therefore, therefore, therefore. Why is it there for? <laughs> Therefore, it's there because God is doing this shaking. He's doing this shaking right here. He's getting rid of everything that is not uh, from him, right? And the whole context is about two mountains. Don't forget that. About law and about grace. Two covenants, right? The whole thing. We read the whole thing. It's about those. So he's saying, therefore, because God's shaking all that stuff that he doesn't want there, he says, uh, oh, I went back. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, Let us have, let us have grace. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. People say, hey, that guy that preaches grace, he never talks about reverence. He never talks about fearing God. Well, let me just tell you something. You can't have reverence for God and you can't serve God properly if you don't have what? Grace. Because by which there, by which in the Greek, 
means that through the means of. It means that because of grace, right, we got to have this grace through the means of which these two things will come. And that is you will have, uh, you, you will serve God acceptably and you'll do it with respect and you'll do it with a godly fear. A godly fear, right? Let us have grace. See that part, let us have? Let us have. So let's go into the Greek. Let us have. See it right up there? It is a present active subjunctive. Okay? Now, I, I wasn't the greatest English guy in school, right? I can't even tell you. I know that I graduated with like a 2.5. And that's because I played basketball. Some things happened that I didn't know about. I'm like, I made a 2. Point. I, I made a C? <sighs> Y'all like covering your kids' ears. Look. God can make, I graduated from college with honors. Y'all don't believe me? I did. And, and I'm not bragging, I'm saying that God can do anything, amen? Because <laughs> I was not driven in high school, boy, that's for sure. I'm surprised. Thank you. How many of you guys are like so thankful that Facebook wasn't around back when you were in high school? Amen? None of that Instagram, boy. <laughs> I wouldn't have a job right now because <laughs> now they go back and look at it. Anyway, how do we get on that? Can y'all stay focused? So look at subjunctive. Subjunctive. It's a subjunctive move is the mood. I know you can't read it. Some of you can't. Of possibility or potentially. The action described may or may not occur. Like subjunctive means, hey, some Christians will have it. Some Christians won't have it. Remember, the whole context is two mountains. If you've got a, a, a church that is, is basing their foundation on the law, they're not going to have it. But if you've got a church that's basing their foundation on Mount Zion, under the, Jesus and the grace given to us, by which we can serve God acceptably, if, you, if you're standing on that ground, you have it. Isn't that cool? I mean, it, it, that's a deep Bible study. That's, that's why you need to come on Wednesday night. Because It matters. Amen? Last verse. Uh, oh, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and reverent with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Right? And now, everybody talks about that verse out of context. Our God's a consuming fire. You better get right because he's going to strike you down. You may walk out and you may get in your car. You get to the red light and, and then you might hit the gas pedal. You might hit the pole. The brakes might go out. The good God. You better get right. Isn't that how they preach it? They're like, he's a consuming fire. You better get right because he will consume you. And I always picture like this dude just What happened to Jim? I don't know, dog. I don't know. He just disappeared. <laughs> right? That's how it was always taught to me, man. But in the context of what we just read, what he's saying is anything that is not of grace, God will consume it. He will consume it. He will shake it out. He'll shake the law out of you. You know why? Because the law is not of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. He wants you to know exactly what Christ did for you. And if you still got some baggage from your past, he will shake it out for your good. 
He's a consuming fire. He'll burn up everything that is not grace. That is the, the, the context of what we just read. Isn't that beautiful? So it's actually a good thing when God's a consuming fire. You don't have to walk around thinking like you got to dodge lightning bolts to the car. You, you guys ever feel like that? Yeah, that's not for you. You're free. If, if the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. You don't have to walk in fear. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Let go of your past. Stop trying to please God and accept the payment that did please God. You can't please him. You can't. The only way, not by your actions, the only way you can please the Father is by you glorifying Jesus, what his son did. Because all God wants to hear about is his son and what he did for you. But if, if, if you're telling God about what you did for him, that's when Peter hits that button and you're like, you know, the floor drops out. You ever see those Baptist videos? You don't want to be him. And you're like a four-year-old kid. You're like, you're like anybody want to get saved? The kid's like, yeah, comes running down here, man. And, and he's like, yeah, is that a relationship? That's based on what? Fear. Ladies, if, you're, if, if you marry that way, is, is that a good foundation? You come running down because you're afraid of your future spouse? Or sometimes it could be guys. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, I got to marry her. She'll kill me. I'm not talking about Kelly. How about we stand up and give God the praise? <laughs> Y'all pray for me, <laughs> especially after church. So what I, what I would like for us to do is just, is just bow our heads. If you'd bow your head for me. Uh, God, God doesn't want you. Listen, I, I want to tell you that if, if I need healing, I'm not healed based on what I do. I'm healed based on what Jesus did. Amen. Isn't that a good place to be? If I need, if, if I need uh, forgiveness, I'm not forgiven based on what I do by checking boxes. I'm forgiven based on the finished work of Jesus at the cross. Amen? That's good news, right? So God is saying in this whole thing, God is saying, I want to be everything to you. I want to be everything to you. If you need something, you come to me. If you need anything, you come to me. I'm your shepherd. I'm your shepherd, right? So, so what we can do when we pray is, is, is we can just tell God. And why don't, why don't you guys bow your heads and do this? Say, God, thank you for Jesus. Say, God, thank you that, that you have met all my needs. Thank you that Jesus is my healing. Thank you that Jesus is my wisdom. Thank you that Jesus is my shepherd and I shall not lack. Thank you that, that Jesus has gone before me and made my way prosperous. Thank you that, that I am not condemned because of Jesus. I have been justified by the blood of Jesus. My future is bright because of Jesus. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And while we're still in this, 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 this prayer, I, I, I want you to know if you're here and you don't know Jesus, just repeat after me. 
as everybody will do that as well. We just, we're not doing it to be saved again. We just do it because we're, it's, it's, it's exciting to be able to say it. Say, Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Father, I confess with my mouth, Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And I thank you for saving me. If you said that prayer, I'm just here to tell you, there's no class you need to take. There's no book you need to read. Because what God's word says is enough. Amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved right where you are. Saved from what? Saved from, from ever being judged again by God. You're saved from, from your, yourself, really. You're saved from, from your sin, but you're also saved from trying to make up for your sin. Now, what you just said, you accepted Jesus. You accepted the payment for your sin. And you were free. You were free to live a life to the fullest. A life full of abundant joy. Amen? We choose joy, by the way. Don't we? In every situation, we choose joy. God makes all things work together for our good. So I'm going to say a prayer afterwards because we got a, a business meeting and the ladies are meeting out there. Uh, if you are looking for a church, this is who we are. This is what we believe. This is the words we sing. Everything is picked out uh, because we are a new covenant, new creation church. We believe in what Christ has done for us, and we continue to learn. Each, I mean, it's just amazing to see Jesus everywhere. Amen? Amazing. So if you want to be a part of a church, this is who we are. This is what we believe. If you want to see our future plans, they're out there in the foyer. Uh, and just be in prayer with us as a church body about where God would have us. Um, it's, it's a fun trip to be on. Amen? Um, but, yeah, we have a thing down here that we'd like to get a record of your information. Uh, if you have a prayer request, I would love to be able to pray with you because I'll be outside for the for the uh, business meeting out here while everybody's in here. Uh, I'd love to pray with you, pray over you. Um, and if you made that important decision, man, let me celebrate with you. Let me uh, let me know after the after church service so that we can celebrate together and thank God together. Amen. All right, let me pray, and then I'll bring Paul up here. And if you are a member, you 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 can stick around and and just yay or nay it again. That's all we do. Amen. Yay or nay it. Yay. Right, Paul? Don't have people stand up and say, what about this? Because I'll come busting through those doors and say, too late. <laughs> but uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this service. We thank you for your great love. Thank you, Father, for opening up our eyes and our minds to see Jesus in the word. Father, we thank you that we are on Mount Zion, Father, that that's where we are seated. Father, that that's, that's, where, that's where we stand. We stand on a solid foundation of grace. Father, thank you for blessing these people, setting them free today. You always answer prayers, Father. We thank you that someone's prayer has been answered here this morning, all of them. As they walk out of here, they walk out of here freely, knowing where they stand with you. Father, thank you for your justification. Thank you for your, your complete redemption. Thank you for your grace that allows us to reign in this life, as your word says. Father, bless these people in their going as you did when they were coming in. Father, use them for a light all over uh, this, 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 where we live, our city, and different cities that we, that we come from. Father, bless every single area of their lives and everybody around them will see the light of jesus the life in them just by being around them 
Father. That's how powerful you are. We thank you for giving us that power. We thank you for giving us your love. And most of all, we thank you for giving us your son, Jesus. Let the church say amen. You guys are dismissed.